Welcome to Journey Church Podcast. It's great to have you with us. Here at Journey, we believe that Jesus should be accessible to anyone. So whether you're at home, work, or somewhere in between, you can have access to the weekend's worship experience. If you want to further connect with us, you can find us online at journeyorl.com or any social media platform using at journeyorl. We hope you enjoy the message. Can you do me a favor, before you're seated, before you're seated, can you give it up for your pastor, JJ and Liz? Let me tell you, you guys are amongst legends in the church world, and if I could preach a quarter as good as this man of God, um, and, and if you're visiting today, and, and you're here, and you're a little disappointed, because I know you're like, oh, there's a guest speaker today. <laughs> Come back, because JJ's way better. I bring him to my church because he's so good, but we just honor you guys. Y'all are doing, they do way more behind the scenes, and they're way more of a real deal behind the scenes, and you even see on the stage, because one more time, can we honor them one more time, and just... All right, you can be seated. It is a joy to be here today. I love your church. I've been praying for your church. I've been believing God for awesome things with you guys for, for the last few years. And, and just to see what God's done and to see the facility, this is a dream come true for me. I wish my wife could be here today. Um, I think we got a picture of her. Um, and she is, there she is, that's my wife and my uh, five-year-old, well, she's now six, four, and two. And uh, she can't be here because we got one on the way again. And if we just keep, just keep multiplying. I told them I'm going to build that church. I don't care. Anyway, and if you know people in Tampa, send them to our church because we need people because I can't feed my family. Like, I got to do something. Uh, but God's doing really good things. And I want you to know, as just an overseer, I, I want to say this not because I'm obligated, but because it's true. Um, you're in a really, really healthy church. Let me tell you, what you're part of here is not usual. It's not normal. Um, I get to be part of uh, uh, helping coach churches all around the, the nation through ARC and CMN, two networks that we're connected with. And, and um, what, what God's doing through your pastors and through your churches is unusual. It's amazing, but I just believe it's only the beginning. Can I hear a good amen? And so I just think there's a good days, and you're at a good place to be here. And, and so we're really pumped about just how healthy y'all are financially and, and how the church is growing. It's just getting started. And I, I, sitting there worshiping, I was thinking back of, man, I remember those days, the first year or two, man. It's fun. It's exciting. And you are a part of something special. Y'all ready to hear God's word today? I'm telling you, I had to redo my message just because of most of the stuff I, I preach is, is JJ's, so I changed a lot of stuff, but, and I don't say this often, I'm not one of those preachers that has to say this every week, but I, I'm, I'm telling you, I got this message on Tuesday, and I was praying for you, and you're not supposed to preach a new message at a new church normally, and so um, played around with it on Wednesday night with a couple of people from my church, and then, and then I'm like, this is a word for journey, and so if you got your Bibles, I want you to open up to the book of Luke, because Genesis, Exodus, Luke. It's in that order somewhat. So book of Luke. We're, we're going to be in chapter 10 in just a second, but if you're taking notes, I want you to, to write this down. If you're not taking notes, I want you to write this down because I think it'll be helpful for you. I want to challenge you with a phrase that the Lord just put in my spirit as I was driving on Tuesday, and it's maybe a moment for you. Maybe you're visiting here today, and you're kind of wondering what God has for you in life, or maybe you're kind of sitting on the sidelines here at Journey, and you're trying to figure out what God has for you, or maybe you've been here for a long time. This is especially a word from you, for you today. And, and here's the phrase. It just, it just kind of hit me, and I hope it hits you. And the, it, the phrase is simply, don't miss the moment. 
Don't miss the moment. Can you say it with me? Ready? Don't miss the moment. Don't miss the moment. I think it's important for us not to miss the moment. Let's pray. Lord, I, I thank you for the opportunity you've given us today to be at church, not just any church, but a life-giving, dynamic church like Journey Church. Lord, and I just thank you for what you're doing here. I thank you for the givers of this church. Lord, everything that we've seen happen so far is because of your grace and the generosity of people here at at journey. So I pray for supernatural blessings over them. Lord, and people that are here, maybe for the very first time, Lord, let them calm their nerves. Let them just experience you today and let them leave in just a few minutes forever changed. And everybody that believes it says, I said everybody that believes it says, amen, amen. You know, life is mostly mundane. All right, now that's not a good place to like write down star in your notes, like uh, the pastor really encouraged me today. Life is mundane. But, but think about it for just a second, okay? Life is mostly mundane with just a few big moments in between. Your life actually is measured not by time, but if you would really measure your life, you measure your life by, by moments. There's moments that happen in your life that kind of change everything, change the whole trajectory of your life. Uh, let's, let's talk about little moments for a little bit. We, we all have those moments when we drive. Like 99% of wh- when you drive, you forget it. But have you ever been in that place, and, and I know you have because you live near I-4, where the traffic just comes to a complete stop. And, and why does it come to a complete stop? Because there's been some kind of wreck or some kind of thing. And when you get to the wreck, you could go fast by it. And you're kind of angry that everybody that went before you that didn't go fast by it. But you also slow down because you want to do what? You want to look at the wreck also. Because you have a, a moment that you're going to remember something that is different than the normal mundane of life. There's just moments that happen to you. There, there's moments every day is not a big day. We know that. There's, you, you wake up. You go, to, you, know, you go to work, you, you drink coffee, you watch Netflix, you go to sleep, like, and repeat. Hopefully you don't repeat that too often. You don't want to, like, fail life and stuff. But, but that's kind of the normal day. And, and then you have big days. You have moment days. Do you remember if you've had a child the very first time you, you held that baby in your arms? I remember my wife giving birth. And let me tell you, that was, like, the most exhausting experience of my life. Like I was just anxious, overwhelming, overwhelmed. Just I was, I'm telling you, not an exaggeration. If she was here, she would, she would amen this. But um, after it was over, I was like, I was like, I'm exhausted. She's like, you didn't do anything. And I was like, no, I was like, that's just draining emotionally. She's like, don't even give me a speech about that. You can't talk about that. I went to bed that night for 12 hours in the hospital room right there. I slept 12 hours. I've never slept 12, but slept 12 hours a night. Woke up the next morning and I looked at Katie. I said, Katie, I said, it's a miracle. Our baby slept through the whole night. She goes, Aaron, that baby did not sleep through the whole night. You slept through the whole night. <laughs> There's a big difference. But I thought that was a moment for my life. I'll, I'll never forget that, holding that child. And, and for that day, July the 16th, that's a moment that I'll never forget. Come on. I mean, you got to think of some moments in your life. Like, like, like maybe you've, you've, you've kissed somebody. You know, some of the kisses are mundane. Some of them are average. You know, you think you're great. But let's be real about it. Some of them are, are average. But, but do you remember your first kiss? That was 
a moment. That was a moment you've prepped for. You probably learned how to pucker up and put it on you know, your hand like that. You're practicing how it looks in the mirror. And you went in for the kill, didn't you? And you're hoping it's just not going to be awkward. You're hoping you're not going to get a slap. And, and then after it was over, it was for sure awkward. Come on, can I hear an amen? Like, or maybe it was definitely on their part. It's a, it's a moment. It's something you never forget in your life. Sometimes you really can, can capture a moment if you're really good. You can actually make it happen in your life. I remember the day I got engaged. I, I created a moment that I would never forget. And Katie and I were, were horseback riding through the mountains of North Georgia. My words are, like my hair was flowing. In, I didn't have really any hair, but I was just flowing in the wind. And, you know, I'm just thinking, I'm like, this is a moment for us. And, and I remember taking her off of her horse, but I didn't tell her to get down. In my mind, I created this moment where I kind of brisked her off the horse and just carried her through. And we're there walking. And, and I never told her I loved her before because I think those words are kind of cheap. Can I hear an amen? Like, you love pizza. You love, the, you know, the, the beach. But I was like, no. I said, if I ever tell you I love you, just want you to know there's a ring coming out afterwards because I think we got to do something to back up those words. Just a little advice for young couples in there today. But so I, I got down on one knee and said, I love you. And she looked at me. She's like, I love you too. And, and just, it was like the sun was shining perfectly. And I was like, and I want to marry you. And, it, and in my mind, I wasn't nervous. But I remember at that time, I'm like, you know, peeing a little bit in my pants. I was freaking out. But it was a moment you'll never forget. And I was able to create that moment. Have you ever, have you ever, have you ever not capitalized on a moment? Have you ever realized in life that there's some times that you should have taken advantage of it? About four or five months after we got engaged, um, my wife was finishing up nursing school. Didn't know anything about nursing school. Didn't know it was a, a hard thing. Realized it's a very, very difficult field to be into. And she'd been studying. She called me. She's like, Aaron, she's like, um, um, I know I'm about to graduate, and I want you to come to this thing called a pinning ceremony. How many have heard of a pinning ceremony before, okay? Yeah, me neither. I'm with you. So I didn't grow up in the nursing world. So I was like, hey, I uh, said, I don't know what that is. She's like, oh, it's kind of a big ceremony they do for this. It's a big deal. I really need you there. I was like, well, I'm a youth pastor. I've got a lot going on. And I was like, I don't know if I can make it to that ceremony. And, and I, was like, I was like, is it okay if I don't come? And she said, that's fine. And now, now you, you, you understand I didn't realize at that time that that's fine is code word for you are making a horrendous mistake. Like there's a major problem. But ladies, I don't understand why you don't say, hey, you're making a terrible mistake. You say, that's fine. It wasn't fine. I missed it. I missed a moment that years later, I'm still buying jewelry to pay for that one moment that I missed. I want to challenge you today to don't miss the God moments that he has in your life. You're my, nowhere, no matter where you are in your spiritual journey, there's these God moments that happen along your spiritual journey that if you can learn to capitalize on them, sometimes you can even create them in your life, but make sure you don't miss them because if you don't miss these God moments, I think you'll move forward from where you are to where God eventually has for your life. I've always heard it said that the opportunity of a lifetime it's got to be seized during the lifetime of that opportunity. That there's these moments that come along. You think of that moment you got saved. I remember being a crazy 16-year-old kid and, and wild, and I was with the wrong friends. But a moment came on where I had this encounter with God, 
and he forever changed my life. I was called into ministry, and I thought, man, thank God I didn't miss that moment. Somebody in here needs to remember those, that moment you got saved. You need to think back to think of that moment God called you. He rescued your marriage. There's moments that God wants to intervene in your life, and if you can learn to recognize them and capitalize on them, you'll be all that God has called you to be. Can I hear a good amen today? So, so let me challenge you on, on two moments. I never saw this before in Scripture. Two moments that, that I think are God moments that God might be challenging you with in your life today. They both come from the Luke, book of Luke, chapter 10. They're both two very famous stories, and I've, I've read the Bible. I try to go once a year through it since I was 16 years old, and I've never connected the dots between these two moments in the scriptures ever until this last week. So I want you to see it, because I think there's something significant. If you've got a Bible, open it up to there. If you have your, your electronic Bible, that works just as good also. Because I want you to see two moments, two stories that are very popular stories, but stay with me, because I think you can see moments that maybe God's challenging with today, and we'll actually have a moment at the end of service to connect these two together. The first one is found in Luke chapter 10. It starts in verse 30. It says, Jesus said a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, where he was attacked by robbers, and they stripped him of clothes. They beat him. They went on their way, leaving him half dead. Pause right there. That's your community right now. That's your friends. That, that's that's this, the neighborhood surrounding this school right now. We have to be able to recognize that the fact that the people around us are beaten up by the world, torn down, frustrated. Listen, don't ever get upset at your pastor for him not being hard on this stage, for him not beating people up. And man, pastor, you should make us feel bad at times. Let me tell you, the world does a good enough job beating the people up. I think the church should build people up. I just think it's what God's called us to do. I think that, that, that people are having a, a, a bad enough time already. When they come through these doors, they should feel the life-giving presence of Jesus when they walk in here. This is what should come from this pulpit. I think, I'm so thankful for a pastor that does that. And so this man was beat up. He was, he was half dead. But look what happened. A priest, what, what happened? He happened to be going down the road. I think that statement is false right there. The priest did not happen to be going down the same road in the same way you do not happen to be the receptionist at that dentist office. You do not happen to be the school teacher of those middle schoolers. You do not happen to be the manager of that. God does not happen to put you in circumstances. He divinely orders you to be right at that place, right at that time, because he knows there's somebody broken, somebody beat up, somebody in need of life, and they need what you have inside of you. He didn't happen to be there. God put him there, and what did the religious guy do? He, he passed by on the side. When he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So to a Levite, another religious leader, he came to the same place. What did he do? He saw him, and he passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, he came along where the man was, and when he saw him, he recognized him. Again, he could have just been a normal walk, but it wasn't a normal walk. It was a moment where he captured the moment where he saw somebody in need and he decided to do something about it. And look what he did. He took pity on the man and he went to him and he bandaged his wounds, pouring oil and wine, and he put the man on his own donkey and brought him into an inn and took care of him. In this situation, we have somebody in need, somebody broken, somebody hurting, and the religious community has passed by them. I think there might be somebody here today and, and you feel like the religious community has just passed by your need. 
they've passed by your struggle. You're in here today, and you're sitting there, and you're going, I don't know if I can even buy into this journey church thing. I don't know about this pastor. I don't know what it is, because when I needed them the most, I'm telling you, on behalf of the church communities, I want to apologize for passing you by so many times when you've been hurting, when you've been broken. So many of us are so busy and so distracted, we didn't see the need in your life. But I want you to know you're in a good place today because this is a good Samaritan-type house where, where now this story, did you know it's the gold standard when it comes to how to treat people. This Samaritan didn't do what the religious people had done before him. He went out of his way, took pity on the man, and he captured a moment. Here's your first moment. I want you to get this. He captured a moment to contribute. A moment to contribute. When he could have been busy, he could have done other things with his life, he found a moment in, in his time to contribute. And isn't it interesting that history, throughout history for 2,000 years, people are still talking about this one man who seized a moment to contribute to something that people are still talking about. Your contribution matters. What you do matters. Your ability to contribute matters. You're not here to just be a consumer in the world today. You're here to contribute. I don't want to stretch the story a lot, but I have the mic, so we might as well like have fun with it. But I want you to think about these, this priest and this Levite. They were probably on path towards a very important destination. Very significant destination. Might have been going to the synagogue or might have been going to the, the big uh, temple or whatever they're doing. They're, they're on a path towards a, a very important. They were probably so focused on their destination that they missed the destiny that was right in front of them. They, they missed this. I, I, I've met a lot of Christians who are so focused on their eternal destination that they forgot that their earthly assignment that they God has for them. That there's something that God has for you to do now. Like, you know those people, they're like very heavenly minded. One day, by and by, we'll be there. One day, I can't wait to get there. And I'm sitting there going, listen, it's going to be great when you get there. But what about right now, right here in this community, there's people that are broken and hurting. And I think God put us here, not by chance, because he's got an assignment on our life. Stop being so heavenly minded. We're not any earthly good. Let's do something here. Can I hear an amen today? So there's a contribution. You know, I don't want you to miss the moment. Ephesians 2.10 says it this way. We are God's handiwork. We're created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he's prepared for you. He's got a moment for you, and you got to learn how to recognize what that moment is. And the church is significant when we all are on board trying to recognize where's my moment to contribute. I've heard, I've heard it said this way about the church as a, as a football Game. They describe it this way, that the church usually is 22 people on a field badly in need of rest and 40,000 in the stands badly in need of exercise. Isn't that true? What would happen if the, if the roles changed and we learned how to contribute? Let me challenge you with a couple things that, that maybe God's calling you to contribute today. First of all, we got to learn how to contribute our time. It's your most, most incredible asset you have. There's only so much, so much of it. But this is what we need. We need, to, we need to contribute our time. Let me tell you what this means. It means you got to show up. Like when pastor makes a call, you're there. And it's not the, hey, I'm with you in spirit, pastor. That doesn't mean anything. Like I, I wanted to be there. Well, then be there. It's something about having, having boots on the grounds, butts in the seats. Like there's something about when we give our time to the kingdom of God, when we give our time to building it, God rewards us. And the needs in our city are going to be meet, met when we simply show up and give 
our time. Here's another one. Let me, let me challenge you to give your talents. Because you've got skills that I don't got. That worship team there today was, was killing it. And I'm sitting there going, man, if I would have grabbed the mic and I would have started singing, what you felt in here would change very fast. Because they've got a gift that I don't have. They, they've got an ability that I don't have. And I'm so thankful that as the body of Christ, it's not one is elevated over another. No, we're all together in this thing. You've got stuff that I need right now. And if you'll start serving and using your talents, there's places and there's things that God's put inside of you that you can use on the team here that'll, that'll build up the body so that we can better reach this city. You gotta think right now, there's, there's slides happening because there's a, there's a bunch of guys, I met them before service today. There's a bunch of guys that are sitting back in that, that booth back there and they're, they're, they, they, they're interesting because they're different than you and, and they're different than me. They're like geeking out over like, oh man, we can move that light that way and we can move that and we can make that slide there. And, and what is it? It's worship to them. To me, it's, it's foreign language, but what is it? It's the body of Christ using their skills together and when we all do our part, it contributes. It makes a difference. I, I walked across the hall and, and saw the kids' area. And what a great kids' area. I walked in there and saw the people. Man, they, they've got the talent for that. And a lot of you guys have the talent for it. But you gotta, you got to use it for the kingdom of God. If I designed the kids' ministry here, it would be me, your kids, and, and duct tape. That would be it. Like, it would not be a good situation. I don't have that talent, but you've got something, and, and you got to figure out what it is and learn how to contribute it. When you contributed it, the, the people that are broken and hurting in our society are reached for the cause of Jesus if we will just contribute our talents. Can I hear a good amen? All right, and the third one, and, and the last one is you gotta, you got to contribute your treasure. There's something that God has given you financially, and I'm telling you, and I'm not, this isn't a money message, but there's something about the idea that when you give generously, the kingdom of God is forwarded by his grace and your generosity. Churches grow because of his grace and our generosity. And, and if you can connect that everything that happens here at Journey happens because every time you give, you give it and you go, okay, God, I'm gonna build your kingdom. There's some person broken on the side of the road. There's some marriage that needs to be restored. There's some son that needs to come back to Jesus. And when I give God, it makes a difference because I'm going to be a contributor. Can I hear an amen today? Well, well I, you know, my, I feel bad for the, the person in need. Now, remember, sympathy is no substitute for action. So we can feel bad for the person broken on the side of the road. But no, 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 we need to contribute something to it. And I love this about the church is that, that we're part of something so great here. And I just think it's a joy to be a contributor. Is anybody with me today? It's a joy. And then the story changes. It's the weirdest thing. I've never seen this before in my life. The story changes in Luke chapter 10, the next verse down. Verse 38. And it gives us a story that I'll close with that is just bizarre to me. It says it like this, as Jesus and his disciples were on the way, same exact, right there, and you're saying, probably the same page as your Bible, right after the most famous story on contribution of all time. It gives us this thing, which by the way, if you read the commentaries on this, this is not a chronological order. This didn't happen right then. The author thought, no, I need to put this story in here that happened at a different time. He says there was a village, and the village is named Bethany, where a woman named Mary, Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister named Mary. You know these two sisters, because in the book of John, you've heard the story of the guy Lazarus coming out of the grave, the same guy, same family. Mary was sitting at the Lord's feet, which by the way, that's significant. That's, that's a teacher. 
sitting at, at a discipler, a, a rabbi's feet that wasn't allowed. Jesus broke all the rules. I love how he empowered and he saw the gift of God within women. I think we can all learn something from that. And I just think it's the way God's called us to do. And look what he did. He's, she's, Mary sat at the Lord's feet, but Martha, look what she's doing. Remember the significance, good Samaritan, the next passage, Martha, she's distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Don't you hate those situations? I, I grew up, my, my brother's here today, we used to joke all the time because every time my parents would say for us to clean, my little sister would use it as her time to go to the bathroom. Anybody have those family members? And, she was always gone, and we're always, what are you doing? You're getting angrier and angrier and angrier because you're doing all the work, and she's not doing it. But there's a lesson in this. Remember, good Samaritan right to this story, and she's frustrated. Why is she frustrated? She's frustrated because Martha is the good Samaritan. Martha is contributing. And yet, Jesus responds to her in verse 41, Martha, Martha, which is the same as them saying your first, middle, and last name. It's like, you know you're in trouble when your parents said that. Martha, 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 the Lord said, you are worried and upset about many things, but few of them are needed, indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it's not gonna be taken away from her. In other words, Jesus challenges us on this paradigm that you're sitting there and you're contributing and you're contributing, but you're missing a moment in this time that I wanna make sure you don't miss, Journey. This is a big moment because there's not only a moment to contribute, but you gotta recognize the moments to connect. Because God did not create you to be a minion, to be a worker. He created you that as you contribute, you find moments to connect with Him. And Mary, let me tell you, Martha wasn't wrong in what she was doing. She was wrong that she was doing it in a moment that God had called her to connect with him. And I think many times we get frustrated, we miss out on this idea and go, is it about work or is it about connecting with God? Because both of these extremes are in the church today. You have these workers that are, you're serving every service, you serve at every event, you work 90 hours a week at your job, you're going, 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 and you feel no fulfillment in this, and you, you're told you're gonna feel fulfillment because you're the good Samaritan. And you don't realize there's another pedal to the same bike, and it's called connecting with Jesus. But then you have this other extreme. Have you, these people can be a little wacko, and they're just like, it's my soaking season of four months. Like, I'm just gonna just be me and Jesus for like four months. And there's people that need God out there. Like Mary, once in a while, get out from that teaching moment with God. Go out and be a Martha and do some work for the kingdom of God. But make sure you always find your way back to that connecting point. That's why you being in service is so crucial. Because I tell my team all the time, listen, I don't want you just out there serving. I want you sitting on that front row. I want you taking notes. I want you engaging in worship. You are not called just to be a contributor. You're called to be a connector with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He's created you for a connection with Him that only you can have, and you've got to capitalize on it. Don't miss the moment. 
This is why I spend time with God every day. Because if, listen, if you are a contributor without a connector, you'll burn out. If you are a connector, but not a contributor, you're selfish. Do you see the connect, the thing? So, so this is why the author of Luke puts the stories one right after another, because he wanted you to know which one's important, both. You wanna be all that God's called you to be? Find those moments to contribute. But boy, do you need to find those moments to get with God and connect with him. I'll close with a story. Um, about two years ago, right at this month, maybe a week ago, two years ago, I went through what I think is one of the most burnout moments of my life. We had one of my best friends who was a pastor on staff, had a baby and baby died. Um, it's a terrible situation. And I remember going to the hospital with him and sobbing, the most well-known guy in our church and sobbing and crying and terrible. We were doing a building renovation and we were about $100,000 behind on money for that renovation. And um, this is all in July. It was like the worst month of my life. And then during that, I'm going, I parked my car at the funeral where I'm walking in and there's a little white casket to go bury this child. And I'm sitting there with a car just sobbing and my executive pastor calls me and he's like, the fire marshal's here right now and they're shutting down our services indefinitely at this facility. We, we don't have a place to meet this week. It was like, bam, bam, bam. Like, you know what I mean? And I'm sitting there just defeated and broken. I go out, I, I suck it up. I go, I don't care right now. I hang up the phone, walk out, perform the worst funeral of my life for this little, you know, 10 day old baby. It's a terrible situation. Go back in my car, drive home. And I'm sitting there with, with my wife and I'm just venting to her. And I'm frustrated. I'm like, this is terrible. This is not how I dreamed it. I thought the church would be doing better. We don't have money for this situation. Now we're shut down. We don't have a place to go. I'm burying little babies. This is horrible. And she's like, Aaron, and this is what my wife says. We need, this is why you need a godly wife. She goes, Aaron, you're venting to the wrong person. And she reminded me of Elijah, who had just experienced the greatest miracle of his life. And the, after the greatest miracle of his life, has the greatest area of defeat and anxiety and depression and frustration. And the Bible says he ran to a broom tree. And, the, and my wife says, Aaron, you need to go find your broom tree. I said, I don't know what broom tree is. I didn't read Harry Potter. I'm not in all that kind of stuff. And she's like, no, a broom tree is a place where you can meet with God. I came over here to Orlando about two miles from here. I thought about this morning. I checked myself into a hotel room and it was not my time to contribute. It was my time to receive. And I remember sitting there just crying before the Lord. And I said, God, I'm trying to contribute, but I feel like I'm burned out. But right now, I just want to receive from you. And I'm telling you, the Bible's very clear. When you draw near to God, he will draw near to you. And I'm telling you not to be weird, but it was in that moment that the life-giving, life-restoration power of God came into that room. And I walked out of there 24 hours later different than the way I walked in. And I realized my life will be marked not because I'm just a contributor, but because I'm a connector. I'm gonna spend that time with God, and then I'm gonna go out there and change the world. I'm gonna change the world, and then I'm gonna come back here and spend my time with God. Why don't we stand to our feet right now? Why don't we just take one moment and look right up to heaven and say, God, we want to connect with you. Somebody in this place is burned out. Somebody's a little frustrated. And I want you to know you've been contributing, but God wants right now to connect with you. He wants you to know he loves you. He wants you to know he cares for you. He wants you to know he, he, he wants your marriage restored more than you do. He wants those kids to come back to faith more than you do. So right now we cast our anxieties. Come on, cast it on him. We cast our anxieties 
anxieties about building ministries, about building businesses, about how we're going to raise our kids. We cast it on you, God. We won't just be contributors. We will be connectors to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And we thank you, God, as we draw near to you. You draw near to us. So right now at this moment, would you minister to your people? Would you transform them? Would the peace that passes all understanding right now begin to move on their hearts and their minds in Christ Jesus, we pray. Just let the Holy Spirit minister to you for just a second. Somebody in here, you've been, you feel totally burned out. You feel burned out of your marriage. And God's saying right now, the connection you need is not with your spouse. It needs to be back with me. And when you get that back with me, he's gonna give you the ability to be the contributor in that marriage. There's other people in here, you feel like I have no clue to how to raise these kids. I don't know how to contribute. I don't know how to raise them the way God's called me to do. God's saying, you connect with me first. I'll help you contribute and raise those kids. Just let the Holy Spirit minister to you in the last minute we have. Jesus, I pray that you would do something so significant in their life, in their moment right now, that we would be connectors and contributors to your kingdom. Jesus' name. With every eye closed and every head bowed, you're in here today, you don't know Christ. I want you to know he's done the whole, all the work necessary for you to connect with him. The bridge, the gap that you feel doesn't have to stay there. You might have lived your life 50 years without Christ. You can make one simple yet significant decision right now to give Jesus your life. Everything can change. That's you today and you want to make the decision. I believe we have a number that's popping up here on the screen. But right where you're seated, you're going to you'll be able to text in that number. Just say, but right where you're seated, just pray. Just pray. Say, God, I give you my life. I give you my past. I give you my sin. I lay it all down to you, Jesus. Be my Lord and be my Savior. Tell them this, for the rest of my life, I'm going to follow you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you've been blessed and encouraged by this message. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. If you would like to share your testimony or if you have any prayer requests, please email us amen at journeyorl.com where we'll have a team of people ready to celebrate with you and pray with you. Also, if you would like to help support the ministry of Journey Church in a financial way, you can do so by visiting journeyorl.com and choosing the giving option. Or text journeyorl to 77977. We hope you'll join us again soon. Have a great week.